0: This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william branhamorg Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message.
1: All the people that I've spoken with who have now made their exodus from a cult seem to have one single thing in common. The most difficult time in their lives was when they decided to take that first step through the invisible boundaries of their religion. When people today hear the word cult, they associate it with extreme cults. They associate it with religious compounds held by madmen such as David Koresh of the Branch Davidians, or the entire city of Jonestown, where evangelist and divine healer Jim Jones led his entire congregation to their death through mass suicide. What they do not realize is that the visible boundaries of the cult extremists were not always so well defined. There isn't a single person in this world who would walk up to a rundown old building that looks like it once held a great battle between mafia warlords one that's guarded by men with assault rifles and say hey this looks like the religion for me i think i can find god in there the apostle paul spoke of men that would one day come to deceive all throughout the new testament apostles speak of the false prophets that would rise and the false teachers that would mislead These wolves in sheep's clothing also have one thing in common. Their sole ambition is to sever the body of Jesus Christ. The entire book of Jude is a warning to the church. Get ready. It's coming. These guys will sound sincere. They will seem religious, but inside they are nothing but filthy, dirty scoundrels. There's nothing wrong with standing firmly in your your foundation and denomination of faith. You wouldn't be warming that pew if you thought you were in the wrong place. You'd quickly make an exit for the door. There are many different understandings of Scripture. And until the Lord returns to take us home, there's absolutely no way for us to have all of the answers of all of these things that are hidden until those hidden things are made known there is a correct and a just way to live your lives and that is according to what we read in the bible as christians we are to walk in the examples given by christ and we're to have love and kindness and gentleness long-suffering and the other gifts of the spirit imagine if jesus our example would have separated himself cut off from everyone who did not see and understand the scriptures in the same way that he did or the Apostle Paul who traveled into cities that had pagan temples devoted to Greek and Roman gods or demigods if the early church had separated itself there would not have been a church today the children of Israel were God's chosen under Mosaic law and instructed by God They were absolutely told to separate themselves. And while they broke this rule time and time again, ultimately they were a different race of people, one that bore the Christ child. God's plan and God's purpose was to give His gift to the world, His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for the sins of everyone who believes in His name. There is no other pathway that leads to salvation. The group of people that you sit with, listening to a sermon every Sunday, is just that. They are a group of people. The denomination of faith that you choose is just that. Even if it is one of these non-denominational denominations, it's just that. It is a denomination of faith. It is a group of people who are gathered together because they hold a common set of values. New denominations that spring up are usually the ones proclaiming all denominations are welcome. Come join us. But after their number has grown and after tradition has set in, they start to form boundaries. The common theology that brought them together becomes doctrine, and that doctrine becomes law. Any who do not conform to that law should join some other group of people because they can't see eye to eye. What happens next is in the hands of God. All throughout history, great men like Martin Luther began reformations to the church, and they gave the church tremendous spiritual growth. Like today, All denominations of faith are better because of the stand that Luther took against the authoritative structure of the church. Luther broke down those boundaries that once corralled the people into a very damaging way of life. And because of his example, men are not given the same level of power as they were before. Luther's reformation opened the door to fellowshipping around the word of God without those boundaries knowledge and spiritual understanding of the scripture has greatly increased because men reasoned out the scriptures together instead of bowing down to one man's understanding of the text many things that we now believe were not common beliefs by the early church but some groups of people who rise into power fall into the same error that luther took his stand against because one seems to be a teacher or one seems to have a spiritual gift or simply because he already has power some religious groups will raise one man into authority over their group of people if we were still under the mosaic law and the old testament leaders were our true example this would be correct hebrews one one says long ago and many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. The problem is that when cults rise with these authoritative figures this verse is often quoted without focusing on the second verse in that chapter nor do they focus on the long ago part it doesn't fit with their agenda. When we read the entire chapter in context We find that the new covenant, grace, is much different than the old covenant law. The children of Israel were called to be separatists. But the New Testament church is called to spread the gospel to all nations. There is no reason for us to be separatists. We are not producing the Christ child. Reading the next few verses of Hebrews 1, we find that we have a new leader. That leader is not a man. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4 says this: Long ago, in many times and many ways, God spoke to us by our fathers the prophets, but in these last days has spoken to us by his Son, whom He has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he set down at the right hand the authority of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Hebrews 1, 1-4 Separation can only come through the doctrines of men. God does not want us to sever ourselves from others who believe in His name. The best example is given in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all of the members of the body, through many, are one body, so is it with Christ. For in one Spirit were we all baptized into one body. Jews, or Greeks, slaves, or free all were made to drink of one spirit for the body does not consist of one member but of many if the foot should say because i'm not a hand i do not belong to the body that would not make it any less part of the body and if the ear should say because i'm not an eye i do not belong to the body would that not make it any less part of the body body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable, and those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. Listen to that. No division in the body. But that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. 1 Corinthians 12. But rather than taking the the example of Christ and making new shepherds, these separatist cults would rather make new sheep. And they want to keep those sheep well sheared before visible boundaries are, are made visible, before physical boundaries. The cult will build invisible barriers against all other Christian groups who are not in full agreement with their denomination of faith. Sometimes those barriers are established before the denomination itself is established. These invisible boundaries are intended to keep the sheep on the inside, which greatly hinders the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't take very long before salvation is no longer preached to those outside the barriers. Once the boundaries are established, those on the inside are considered to be saved. And salvation is only preached to the saved. More often than not, that salvation has very little to do with Jesus Christ. Instead, it has more to do with those boundaries that have been established. This creates an us-versus-them mentality. Those on the inside are your dearest and closest friends. Those on the outside are lost and dying. You would love to reach out and help them. Your heart is bleeding for them, but they won't accept your boundaries, so they are doomed to hell. Your fellow sheep then become closer than ever before. Doctrinal boundaries become lined with emotional boundaries. And as humans, we draw closer to those who share common interests and ambitions. But this is unhealthy for spiritual growth. If Martin Luther had never broke down these barriers, open discussion of the Bible would never have been permitted. We would still be bound under the authority of that small group of men, of the church, instead of under the authority of Christ our leader and it is unhealthy for relationships most cults will not admit to prearranged marriages but at the same time you won't find too many people marrying outside of this cult what was once a wide world of fish in the sea now becomes a small number of goldfish in the bowl but the unhealthiest aspect by far has nothing to do with our human lives Our flesh and bone mean absolutely nothing to God. It is the soul that he is concerned with. We are supposed to be sheep following the great shepherd. But as his sheep, we are supposed to be warriors for the faith. We're not designed to be contained in some corral so that a vicious wolf can walk around cracking whips or devouring our flesh. We are designed for one purpose, to lead other souls to Christ. The longer we remain under these boundaries, the more our swords become dull. Our minds lose the focus on the skills necessary to lead others to Christ. They aren't needed. Those that will make it are already in the corral. This is one of the greatest powers that Satan has within his grasp. Satan was defeated. He is no longer in power. He can no longer control us. After the resurrection of Christ, there is only one thing that Satan has the power to do. Great signs and wonders that will deceive many. His hands are tied. He can no longer fight. We hold a sword in our hands, the Bible, and we stand against an enemy whose hands are tied behind his back. The only thing that Satan can do is to deceive the army of the Lord into making their weapons dull. He has no power to strengthen his own forces. And so he causes large groups of Christians to bundle themselves together into corrals and stop fighting. He has no power to stop the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he causes us to stop spreading it by ourselves. Like I said, the most difficult time in the lives of any who have fled a cult was trying to tear through those boundaries. Some faced religious boundaries, fearing certain death if they even questioned the faith. Others faced emotional boundaries, struggling to let the friends that they once knew and held dear within this invisible compound, struggling to let them go because they knew As soon as they stepped their first step out into the sunlight, those left behind would soon forget their name. Some even faced financial boundaries. Living under a highly modified version of the Old Testament tithing system, many men have made small fortunes at the expense of constantly shearing their sheep. This money is often used to help those inside the walls of the invisible compound. Seldom used outside the perimeter. And many grow dependent upon this financial aid. To tear a hole through these boundaries was to tear a gaping hole into your own heart. No person in their right mind wants to leave friends and family behind. No person sets out with an ambition of ripping their own heart out from their chest and throwing it to the wolves. But many who have been brave and have paved the way before you will tell you this. Their swords had grown dull. Their desire to learn the scriptures was almost non-existent. Their passion towards spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ was more of a part-time hobby that rarely got attention. Their eyes had grown dim from the darkness inside of that spiritual compound. It hurt as they were tearing through the barriers. The sunlight brought intense pain into their eyes. The voice of millions of other Christians crying out for them to come to Christ was deafening. Their fingers cracked and bled from digging through the scriptures as they breached those defensive walls. But after their eyes adjusted to the sunlight... They realized how much sweeter life can be walking hand-in-hand with Jesus. No longer were invisible walls separating them from other Christians. No longer did that smiling face in the restaurant seem like seed of the serpent. And greater was the reward for holding the door for that elderly couple or lending a hand to the poor. Most have learned that the love of Christ is a burning desire to blow bigger holes into those invisible boundaries of religious compound. Many have set up tunnels or underground railroads leading others to freedom, helping as many friends or family as will reach out for their grasp of their outstretched hand. They have found their purpose in life. They realize their calling. It isn't for fame. It isn't for fortune. That leads so their soul astray they have found true meaning in life by telling others that the God loved them enough our God loved us enough to send his only son Jesus Christ to die for our sins Christ came and he lived the perfect life he suffered he bled he died on the cross he was buried and rose again and when he rose that sin stayed buried those boundaries were broken over two thousand years ago